It's the real thing. He's a real nowhere man sitting in his nowhere land making all his nowhere plans for nobody. Making all his nowhere plans for nobody. You're listening to Reality Rocks Radio, 85 degrees in beautiful downtown Burbank. Coming up next on the hour, the ever-popular Urban Guru Cafe. Bunch of hippies if you ask me. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. Pounding a rhythm to la da 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 And the beat goes on. Yes, the beat goes on. And the beat goes on. One of the big hits from 1967, from Sony and Shah. Here comes the Urban Guru Cafe. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Caught in a landslide, no escape from reality. Welcome to the Urban Guru Cafe. This week, our guest is John Wheeler. This is part three. John is speaking about the difference between the direct teaching and what is more common. A lot of those ones that are crazy gurus are the ones over here that are considered to be the experts, you know. This is in the minority camp, for sure. But I think it's gaining some ground. It's so compelling and so direct, and there's such an obvious uh, sense that people are really uh, finding a, a freedom that I think that there's a, there's a strong denial of this, really, because people, because it is an undermining of a lot of the concepts, uh, a lot of the assumptions. And uh, there's a little bit of a resistance to that. And so people want to kind of deny it a little bit, say, well, that's not really it, or that's not really the depth of it, or whatever. And so they've been doing that for a few years, kind of trying to minimize things. But, you know, with this getting out and all this communication and these podcasts and stuff, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see, you know, because I think that, I think it is gaining some traction and, uh whatever that means, but uh, it, because it's just basically effective. It's basically having an impact, and... Uh, People are stepping out of their kind of limitations. The pr- proof is in the pudding, as they say. It's just something that's kind of manifesting. But, but on the other hand, you know, this very radical, pure, simple non-duality, in some ways, it seems like may not have ever been particularly popular because it, it's such a radical statement and a questioning of, of everything that we assume that, you know, it takes a certain kind of a, a, a space where you're open to really kind of contemplating on that to say, you know, well, maybe all of these things that I'm thinking about myself, even the good things, even the spiritual concepts, I wonder if maybe even those are open to some question. Maybe maybe even my spiritual concepts may not be adequate. You know, because half the gurus out here are saying, you know, when you get awakened, everything will be okay. And then here we are saying that's bullshit because nobody needs to be awakened to be what they are. So that's just pure bullshit. Now, that's kind of confronting, you know, to that level because because the whole 
paradigm is all based on that. I mean, they've been going to these things, they've been hearing about it, they've been hoping for it, they've been, you know, and, and then and then somebody's coming along and saying, you know, you don't need that, you never did need that. It kind of gets in the face a little bit of some of these things, you know, where, because, you know, if you're staying with the honesty of your own experience, you're not going to, you're not, you can't really continue to talk that way. That was the beauty of being with Bob. I mean, he was the only teacher that I had met in 20 years that didn't play the game. Uh, every teacher I met in California was playing the game and was being a professional guru and having the organization and giving you all the programs and all the progressive attainments and stuff. And uh, I think, you know, essentially was largely contributing to, um, to not allowing people to see out of that. When I met Bob, he just you know, he said, have a look at this. Do you see what this is about? Look here, period. You know, it's like, this is it. And then not put any concept on it. It's, there's not that many people out there that are unwilling to compromise to not put a concept on it because there's such a strong tendency to say, you know, oh, awakening's just the beginning or whatever they say. They put some concept on it like that. Anyway, that was what I think was helpful for me was Bob, first of all, being very emphatic and clear on what this is, and then providing that space of not overlaying it with any concept, because he wasn't going to say he was a teacher, or do this or do that, or go deeper. Or So in that space where there was like that full stop and that openness, you could then see your concepts as they wanted to reformulate they weren't getting supported by you know him or any by that situation, and so suddenly these concepts just stood out like night and day. Like it just became very clear. You could see a concept as a concept, and it was extraordinary. And I think that that's the power and, and really the beauty of, of of what was shared. It was this absolute, uncompromising, direct pointing, without playing the concept game. And I think that when that happens, that there's a real strong recognition in ourselves because that innate intelligence, that innate consciousness that's so evident and so present, there's nothing difficult about recognizing that when it's not being, you know, kind of uh, overlaid by any concept. And I, I guess I'll just say it flat out. Bob was the only so-called teacher that I met that did not support any concept on the truth of who we are. I don't see a lot of that. I still don't see a lot of that. And it's not appreciated all that much all the time because a lot of people don't, they're still so in the concepts that they don't even understand what it is to basically talk about a way of being in which there is no concept uh, being supported any longer. And then they'll see things like awakening, enlightenment, the guru, the satsang, the deepening is all imaginary and it's all bullshit. And probably the people that are speaking about it don't know what they're talking about. Even though they're the highest gurus in the land, you know, attracting thousands and thousands of seekers and kind of widely acknowledged to, quote, have it. But, I mean, the mere fact that that goes on as if there's this thing that they have and that people are wanting to get that, the mere fact that that is allowed to kind of 
perpetuate with nobody calling it uh, is part of the reason that I think often we, you know, we stay kind of looping in that kind of thing. Like sometimes people would say, oh, you know, non-conceptual awareness is what you are. So all you have to do is rest in it. All you have to do is go back to it again and again and many moments and, you know, eventually this, eventually that. And, you know, it's, it's, they don't realize that even right there you just went into a concept. Because there's a difference between saying this awareness is and it's undeniable and this is what you are, period, Versus saying, oh, there's this great thing called awareness, and all you have to do is rest in it. And because if you can do that, everything is going to be okay. Now, it's so, for a lot of people, that those two things, they don't see a distinction between that, you know. But one is totally non-conceptual, and one is purely conceptual. Even though they're using somewhat similar language, they're talking about awareness and non-conceptual and you are that. But if you look at the kind of the context of the discussion, it's, bringing in the you and the time and the future state and that somehow it's not whole and complete. And so even though they're using the so-called kind of non-duality pointers or that style of language, the actual communication is entirely dualistic. It's like completely giving credence to the separation and, and we don't we tend not to see that. And you know, but that something like that, some little some little concept like that. Uh, is the difference between absolute freedom and clarity right now versus uh, going on and on, you know, in the concepts thinking that there's something that I need to get. And uh, I think that the, the clearer this is, you know, for us and we see this, then we don't have to bring in that kind of, of language that would be somewhat confusing, you know, to say, when you rest in the awareness... Because, like, you know, you'd say, well, who? You know, like that. Or and isn't that what I am? Because when you say that, the game is over right there. And are you already resting in awareness? That's right. Exactly. You know, they used to say out here, well, first you've got to experience it, and then you've got to stabilize it, then you've got to live it in your life, you've got to embody it, you've got to do this. And, you know, people are just swallowing that, you know, kind of saying, well, that sounds great, you know, I'd like to get that, let's get onto the program. Well, I, I remember one time I was, I was talking to Bob, and I was kind of trying to share with him this kind of perspective that I used to hear a lot, and, you know, and the first thing he said was, well, who is even present to embody anything? You know, so just kind of, uh, just really being willing to question these things that sound so, like, cogent, like, you know, somebody could say, well, this ego is the basis of all our problems, and when all these structures fall away, then, then you will be free. And that, you know, that sounds again a lot like this, but it's actually the complete opposite of what we're talking about. Because again, you're saying, you know, you've got all these hindrances, and 
when it all falls away in the future, you're going to be there, and you're, you know, you just you keep going back to the same, you know, kind of limited concept of believing in separation, believing in becoming, you know, in other words, a, a progressive kind of a thing, and and believing in time, and then there's always that special moment because every satsang teacher, you know, they always say in their brochures they had the special awakening, they had the great event when everything fell away, they got it, but. What does that mean, they got it? Because, you know, what did they get? that mean they got it because you know what did they get but then people hear that and they think I've got to have the great awakening like so-and-so teacher had and that gets them looking away from the simple truth of what this is so I think this basic message of the non-dual perspective about you know this reality is your being and you are that that just that alone often you can kind of tell the difference in terms of when somebody's really on target with this is are they like adhering to that without compromise, you know, or is there some way in which they're uh, maybe saying that verbally, but then in the subsequent communication, you know, kind of uh, bringing back in the the duality? So, because you know, to be longing for freedom in the future is just sheer duality, because it's saying that the freedom isn't present. The, and the problem with that is it's it it dismantles the teacher and the organization and the whole basis of, of the whole production the moment that you see that and it, it's something that it's going to kind of like let the cat out of the bag because even spirituality as an undertaking dissolves in that moment so in some ways it's so radical that it's often not appreciated exactly how radical and how profound and how direct it really is and that's why that I think that just speaking from my own experience why you know uh, someone like uh, Nizargadatta was so impactful and so profound is because, you know, it was so direct and it was so unrelentingly hammering on this non-conceptual immediacy of what's true. And, you know, and it's like, it's, you know, Bob said that he got that pointed out and, you know, and he, and he got these questions resolved such that he didn't need any further help. And he's been doing the same thing now. And the people that are finding their way to him are 
you know, kind of benefiting from that same understanding, that same kind of recognition, and now others are, and uh, hundreds of them, and thousands of people, really, in a certain way, if you really look at what's going on. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, for, for every website or every podcast, you know, there's probably 500 people out there that have already benefited from letting that message kind of strike home. And so, um, and the funny thing is, is that it's not really publicized. I mean, it's not something that is really, I think, really known, because... It's just not happening in the in the marketplace. It's happening like off of the you know off of the radar screen. Anyway, that's my opinion of it. That's what I've kind of seen in the last four or five years. Because I you know I've, I met Bob what what four or five years ago now. And you know everything that I'm talking about and that we understand here that we've been seeing, Bob pointed out to me within a few conversations. And it's not like any of that changed or went deeper or needed to be improved on. I mean, it was all, the whole package was just right there, and it's amazing, you know. So uh, anyway, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I think that there's an interesting impact that's happening that's going on that it's going to be interesting to see how it really plays out in the appearance of things. How is it we are here on this path we walk In this world of pointless fear filled with empty talk if you look at the big uh, groups and the big presentations that are quite popular, what you always find is that they have to compromise the non-dual message. They have to give in, you know, the attainments and the activities and the special this and special that. They have to kind of cater somewhat. Uh, because otherwise, uh, you know, because that's because it attracts like a wide, you know, variety of people at all kinds of levels. But you know, if you kind of stick, like I sit in my little meeting place, and I do, I say, you know, I'm not a teacher. You don't need anything. You know, it's very very simple. I'm not going to do any retreats. I'm not going to. You're not going to get any enlightenment. You know, you're not going to get this. You're not going to. You know, whatever. I just kind of say all that, and you know, it's like it. You know, it leaves uh, not a lot for, you know, people to kind of grasp onto because they say, well, yeah, well, so so what do I get out of this, you know? But you don't really uh, get anything. You just really get to the root of the basis of your kind of confusion so that you're not suffering anymore. And I think, of course, you know, when, you're, when you appreciate it at this level, that in itself is the most valuable thing, you know, that, you know, to have that peace of mind you know, to live your life without suffering, to live your life without being a seeker, needing no help from other people, and essentially just your life unfolding through your day-to-day activity, through your job and through your work and through your you know, relationships, without being in bondage to the concepts is is really more valuable than anything you could possibly achieve. I mean, it's more valuable than all the money in the world because, you know, you could have all the money in the world but if you were suffering and feeling limited, you know, it wouldn't be worth all that much. So I think that, you know, it takes a certain maturity to realize that that peace or that freedom itself is the most priceless, is the most valuable experience possible. And it is possible through this. And that's really what this is trying to share. Why these people, you know, were so uh, energized and so kind of uh, emphatic about this message is because it's it's incredibly, you know, valuable like at a human level, at a, at a manifested level. We can live a life without being in bondage to concepts in which the fear and suffering and, and separation is no longer a part of our experience because it's no longer seen as the reality. It's why we were doing all those things. It's why people are 
uh, going to satsang and meditating and being spiritual and looking for experiences and calming the mind. They're doing all that stuff because they hope that through doing that, they'll get to this. So what's also kind of beautiful and very penetrating about this kind of approach is it starts with this. It starts with the peace. It starts with the clarity that's the most valuable. That's why it's funny when people say, well, what about breath control? What about you know, kundalini? What about shakti? What about this? And you're thinking, it's kind of like saying they're sitting on you know, a pile of gold and then they're saying, you know, what's the value of this piece of tin? You know, it's like it doesn't really compare, but maybe they don't quite recognize that at that moment. It seems like that kind of trinket is somehow interesting or somehow captivating or something like that. But once you realize there's nothing wrong with me anymore, it's like, why would you even be interested in breath control? Or, or <laughs> huh? It's like, uh, I don't know, it doesn't make any sense, you know? Unless you've got asthma or something. Yeah. <laughs> Some practical thing. I think what I would say, though, is that, you know, if somebody has, because, uh, you know, anytime you bring up names, people get very defensive and very kind of allegiance to their teacher. So I think that what can be done, though, is talk about specific doctrines or specific assertions, like, without bringing the name, like saying, let's say a certain teacher says, you know, you've got to get rid of all your conditioning, and only when you do that will you be totally free. So, you know, without bringing up that name, just to look right at that concept, or that assumption and see if it really holds water. And it doesn't hold water because the truth of it is there's no conditioning. Because the concept that I have conditioning is actually just a presently arising concept. So, you know, if you keep diving down to the depths of this, you can look at all of these propositions that people bring up uh, just on their own merits to say, you know, how do they stack up against our direct experience? You could do that in a certain sense by, you know, maybe talking about specific ways that this is communicated and saying, you know, let's have a look to examine that. Like there was this one communication that says, you know, when you're sitting there in the presence of the teacher, there's an energetic shift that happens. And because of that shift, that's what the freedom arises from or something like that. So, but something like that could be looked at to see, does, is that really true? Because there's a lot of stuff out there like that that's kind of very dubious. I mean, let's be honest. I don't see a lot of non-duality being communicated. Very little. I mean, there's very, very few people. I mean, you could probably count on one hand people that are absolutely non-dual in their presentation. It's, it's, it's very, very rare, actually. I guess I'm talking about the... You know, the common, you know, kind of widely known sources oh, okay. of teaching. 
yeah. a lot of that, if you look at it, it's not clear at all. And most of the people don't understand, and uh, you know they haven't really met somebody like Bob or like Nizar Gadada, where they really had this pointed out. You know, they've had some kind of experience, and then usually they've decided to become a professional teacher mm. because it seems like you know I'm going to share this, and I've got this special experience, and I have this calling to liberate people, and uh, so they take that insight, and you know it becomes this whole kind of thing. But, you know, I mean, again, you know, it's like uh, that's all a concept because, you know, there are no, you know, defective limited people out there that need your special divine intervention or something to free everybody or something. So, you know, you can kind of see these concepts. We say, well, gee, I better get out there and, and spread the message to help everybody. Well, there's a kind of a concept in there. I was talking to Bob one time a long time ago, and I said, well, you know, don't you want to go spread this and everything, do retreats, market this, get get it? He kind of said he wasn't really inclined so much to that. And I said, why? He said, well, you know, everybody everybody already is this. There's There's nothing wrong with anybody. And if they turn back and look at it, they see it. You know, if they don't, it doesn't matter because whether they do that or not, they already are that. And it took this kind of kind of emotional kind of linkage into it, like, you know, that there's all these defective people out there that need to get it or something like that. Mm. But Because that's a concept. There's nobody out there who's defective. All, all there is is there's appearances out there, you know, that are present and aware undeniably so, and there's never been anything wrong with them. And, you know, if if they're interested and they hear it and they look and they see the obvious truth of that and then... You know, there's nothing wrong. But, you know, that you, it's not like you can even go out there, right, and just kind of try to get people to see this because, you know, it's like, what's the motivation there, you know? I mean, why would I do that? Yeah, and the truth of it is you can't, if you try that, and, I, you know, you do try it every now and again to try to really get, you know, for some reason you want to, you know, really, you know, it comes up, you know, you get, I really you know, want to help somebody see this or whatever. It actually doesn't work all that well because if they're not interested in it and they're not questioning a little bit, they're not will even looking at their identity. This stuff doesn't really necessarily make an impact because it's not in their frame of reference. Problem is all inside your head, she said to me. The answer is easy if you take it logically. I'd like to help you in your struggle to be free. Recognize and be clear on the fact of your being. That's the whole game. That's the whole essence of it. You have been listening to the Urban Guru Cafe. Our guest, John Wheeler. You just slip out the back, Jack. Make a new plan, stand. You don't need to be coy, Roy. Just get yourself free. Or hop on the bus, Gus. You don't need to discuss much. Just jump off the key, Lee. The Urban Guru Cafe is produced in Australia.